Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. I want to tell you about my guy, Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. I had a procedure done about three weeks ago. I was tired of losing my hair. I wear hats all the time. Honestly, it's kind of embarrassing because I know that my hair is thinning. I had two hair transplants before, and I have a huge scar in the back of my neck to prove it. But with the technology that Dr. McCracken uses at Denver Hair Surgery, and you can find them at denverhairsurgery.com, no scars. And to talk about a procedure that was not uncomfortable, the post-op was not uncomfortable, certainly no pain at all, I would highly recommend that you go with Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. Uh, It was so not uncomfortable, if that's even a right word to use, I took a video of it and posted it on Twitter while it was happening. That's how easy the procedure was. And there was no recovery time at all. I am so glad I decided to do this. I can't wait to see the results. I know I will not have as much hair as Danny. I understand that. But for what I'm going to be getting, I can't wait to see how it looks. Go to denverhairsurgery.com. Trust me. Trust me. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, ESPN simulated what dominoes could fall in the quarterback market. We're going to start it off, of course, with Aaron Rodgers. They have the Broncos offering this year's first, second, and third round picks. Remember, they have an extra second round pick and an extra third round pick this year as well as a first-rounder next year and a wide receiver or a tight end from the roster. In the exercise that they did, they say the Packers are going to say, no, thank you, what else are you offering? Do you think an offer like this gets it done? Depends if there are other teams in the mix. If they, if, if, you're, if it's Aaron Rodgers saying, I don't want to be a Packer, but I only want to be a Bronco, this deal will probably get it done. Right. If Aaron Rodgers says, well, I could go to Denver and be fine, but I'd also be interested in Las Vegas. I'd also be interested in Pittsburgh or a couple other teams. Then I don't think this will get it done. Right. If, if it's all about scarcity, if Aaron Rodgers turns into Carmelo Anthony and says, I only want to go to the Knicks. Listen, Tim Conley Mm -hmm. or Masai Ujiri, I should say, got a lot out of the Knicks. Yes. In that deal. uh, Considering he only had one trade partner. What else would it cost? You think it would have to be three ones? I I could see a third one being conditional. On what? Winning a Super Bowl? Or on him continuing to play a certain amount. Like if, if a certain amount of years? Yeah, like if Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rogers comes back for a third year, then and it plays a third year, then there's a third first round pick, perhaps. Something like that. Would you make the trade if he only played two more years? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I mean, to go back to the discussion we had earlier, you have to weigh 
what you're getting versus versus what you would or would not have to give up to take somebody that you might believe is a franchise quarterback and could answer for 15 years. What if it's the draft picks, mm-hmm. first, second, third this year, first rounder next year? I think it would be a second rounder next year as well. Yeah. I think it would be a second rounder next year. The other year. thing is the player, whoever the player is, is probably going to be considered the equivalent of a first round pick. If it's Jerry Judy, for example, mm-hmm. he'd be considered the equivalent of a first rounder in terms of the trade calculus. Okay. So would you go first, second, third this year, Judy, and a first and a second round next year? If the Packers say yes, I think that's that's a pretty fair deal. What if they want Draymond Jones thrown in there? There has to be a line that you're not willing to cross. Correct. Is Pat Sertan that line? Yes, I think Pat Sertan's that line. Yeah, I, I don't think if the Packers said Sertan, I think George Payne would be would say, Okay, well, we're gonna have to take something off the off of this here. Right. Maybe maybe you remove a first round pick. Maybe it's only one first rounder. Right. As part of a deal if they want Pat Sertan. Right. But I, I'd say even though you can argue that for a quarterback who's back to back MVP, nobody should be untouchable. I think the Broncos probably go into this in with the mind frame that Pat Sertan is untouchable. So if the deal does not get done, ESPN suggests and Jeff Legwald writes that the Broncos would re-sign Teddy Bridgewater over two years, $39 million, $20 million guaranteed, so it's effectively a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. This is what Legwald writes, or Leggy writes, I should say. This isn't the scenario most Broncos fans want, but until Rodgers or Russell Wilson is actually in the trade market. The Broncos have to plan to play 2022 and move forward. The free agent class of quarterbacks is ho-hum. Bridgewater fits what the Broncos will do on offense. And if Denver does use an early draft pick to select a quarterback, Bridgewater would be the best option as a mentor as well. Do you see this happening? No. And I don't either. And I think Legwald is missing a key in his analysis. That with the type of offense that Hackett wants to run, which is wide zone and pushing it down the field, Bridgewater is absolutely the wrong quarterback. Right. Um, but I like the not fact that, that he'd mentor. Uh, yeah. Not that you couldn't see a bridge quarterback coming in, but it would be a different type of bridge. I think in particular wanting to push it downfield and also someone like someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick actually fits the bill a little bit better. If you want to push it down. Is he still playing? He's recovering from an injury. He's expected yeah. to be good to go. Uh, even though he doesn't bring the vertical game, in terms of running this type of offense, Tyrod Taylor also is a better fit. I'll tell you something. A guy that you and I like, and apparently Peyton doesn't, I don't think he's that crazy about Gardner Minshew. Because I'm guessing there was probably an opportunity to trade for him. Maybe not. Maybe a higher pick than you're willing to give up. But if he wanted Minshew, he could have had him. Yes. And I don't mind Minshew being the placeholder, but then again, then again, do you really want a guy like Gardner Minshew or even a Drew Locke in a placeholder mentor role if they draft the quarterback? Ideally not. Right. And I mean, what have we seen from Drew Locke that makes him a mentor slash placeholder type? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, we've, you know, there are whispers about maturity issues. Right. Um, certainly we know about 
certainly, certainly we know that uh, he wasn't really all that prepared when he went out there as a backup. We could see it in his performance when he was forced to step in against the Chargers, against the Ravens, against the Bengals. We know about the stuff that went on in the COVID in the COVID year, which led to playing entire entire game without any quarterbacks. So, if you do say, "Okay, we're going to draft Malik Willis," come hell or high high water, he's our guy. I don't think I don't think Locke's the person who's the bridge. Even though so. you like the look, he certainly in terms of in terms of accounting and cap concerns for you say, well, he's fourth year, second round quarterback, uh, second round contract cost control. You like the cost, but you don't, but he doesn't really fit that bill. Again, if you do go outside, a Tyrod Taylor is a better fit. A Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better fit. I believe if, if I heard it correctly, the George Payton at least hinted or maybe even said it directly. I don't watch his entire press conference start to finish, mm-hmm. but as my understanding, he said something like Nathaniel Hackett will be part of the process on the quarterback that we choose. Yes. I don't know if that happens that often in football where the coach really kind of has a say on this. And what do I mean? Who do you think picked Paxton Lynch? You think Gary Kubiak was on board on that? No, that's my point. <laughs> and that's my point. Exactly. And he should have been because he's going to be the one coaching him. Right. What if Hackett says, you know what? I think I could do a year with Drew Locke and make him better. Something to consider. Something you consider, but here's the problem with that. Is that, does that lead you to potentially being in the Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo conversation? Where you get something out of him and then you give him, and then but then his contract comes up right after that and you end up being saddled with a deal for a second or third tier quarterback that isn't really justifiable. Well, let's look, let's look at the history of football here just for a second. Generally speaking, when quarterbacks hit a certain age, and for lack of a better phrase, not a term of disrespect, it's just kind of true, you hit the journeyman status and you know your lot in life. Kind of like, I know Teddy Bridgewater wants to be a starter, but he's about to play for another team. He's a journeyman. Yeah. Because he's journeyed all over the place. I mean, we just mentioned a couple of journeymen in this conversation. Right. Ty- Tyrod Taylor's a journeyman. Right. Fitzpatrick is a journeyman. And while Garoppolo is not, he will be. My point is somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo understands his lot in life. He knows where he's at. He's not going to be probably looked at as the starter for the next three years. I think that's the simplest way to put it. Yeah. He's not going to be looked at that way. There's one guy I can think of off the top of my head who was looked at that way and then blossomed into a Super Bowl quarterback late in life, and that's Rich Gannon. But very rarely are there guys like that. If you understand what your role is, then I like the mentor role. That's what Joe Flacco never truly seemed to grasp. He was not a journeyman because he was only with his second team, but his career was absolutely on the 14th hole. But he still fancied himself as a starter. That's why he was the wrong guy for the job. Right. The job was not just to come in and play quarterback. The job was also to help the young guy along. He didn't see it that way. Right. And then on top of everything else, he was a statue. Right. Which meant when he got hit, that was that. Coming up after the break, we've talked a lot about Brian Flores, and, and now he is accusing Bill Belichick of basically being the reason why he did not get the job with the New York Giants. There are a lot of things that I empathize with 
with Brian Flores and racial hiring in the NFL. But in this case, I think he is dead wrong. And I know I shouldn't be criticizing Brian Flores. I get it. But in this case, he's wrong about somebody who everybody universally hates outside of the New England area. I can't believe I'm defending Bill Belichick, but I'm going to next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Don't pay retail, pay wholesale. Go with a company that has lumber all over the state, talking about where the Broncos play in Coors Field and the Stanley Hotel. There's no reason to pay too much, especially when you work with a company like Rocky Mountain Forest Products. They have been around for decades. They do it right. The quality is fantastic, and you can't beat the price. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, Brian Flores is contending that Bill Belichick had more than just inside information on the Giants wanting to hire Brian Dayball. He contends that Belichick actually influenced the Giants' decision to hire Dayball. Now, to make sure that everybody understands the situation, both Dayball and Flores coached under Belichick. So Belichick knows both guys with that. This is what Flores had to say. I think there are back-channel conversations and back-channel meetings that are had oftentimes, and they influence decisions. I think the Giants' hiring process is a clear example of that. Bill Belichick is a clear example of that. His resume speaks to that. It was clear to me that decision was made with his influence. That's part of the problem. That needs to change. There needs to be a fair and equal opportunity to interview and showcase your abilities to lead and to earn one of those positions. You agree? I mean, he's got a point, but how can he prove this? He has no point. Yeah. He is 100% Dead wrong. He's got a point in the general in the general sense. Because, no, he doesn't. But no, because in the general sense of minority coaches, that clearly look the num the the number of coaches right now that are minorities does not reflect. Now, should be if Bill Belichick said tomorrow and the new GM don't hire Brian Flores because he's black and he goes Al Campanis and black people don't have the capacity to handle a position like this. Yes, then that's absolutely wrong. I don't think he said. It. I don't think. There I was know any, he. Did. I don't think there. Was, I think it was just. The, Let me ask you. Something. I, I think he probably just said was talking up Dable more than talking down Flores. He's not even ninety nine percent wrong on this. It's a clean sweep of a hundred percent where Flores is wrong, and I'm going to tell you why. How do we? What do you know? What the back channel conversations? It were? doesn't even matter what they are. So how do you know that he's wrong? Because I'm going to tell you why he's wrong. Okay, you're hiring. Are you going to call references 
on somebody? Usually you do. Do you, do you take into account what references have to say? Mm, depends. Um, okay. So you like a candidate, and, and I'm not saying this is what Belichick said. If a reference, if you really like a guy sitting in front of you and they say, well, he puts a, he puts on a good act in an interview, but behind the scenes, he doesn't work hard and he's not a leader. Well, one thing I'd say is I probably wouldn't go by one reference. I'd want multiple references. Okay. Because, well, because sometimes there can be an ax to grind. That's fine. If you focus on one. That's right? fine. Well, I think Bill Belichick, for starters, okay, carries a very heavy hammer because of what he's done in his career. So his certainly in- isn't what his acolytes have done. Well, that's irrelevant. And I hear what you're saying. The point is, Bill Belichick is a reference. Wouldn't you want to talk to somebody who has who has worked with two candidates on the job or the lead candidates? Wouldn't you want to talk to them? Ideally, not ideally. Abs- if, absolutely, if they're a reliable reference. Not, I mean, you, are you su- not every re- not every reference is reliable. Okay, th- now now we're in, now this is really my role of being cynical. I am not going to say Bill Belichick is an unreliable reference. I'm not saying that either. But you're talking about kind of just in the overall in the hypo- in the in the hypothetical. Not, the, not every reference is reliable. If if we are suggesting that Bill Belichick had an agenda. That's different. I don't think he did. Okay. I think he probably, I, I do think one thing that he might have said, I, and this is, look, I don't think Brian Flores is a leg to stand on here. My, if I'm kind of putting together two and two, he might have said that for what your organization needs, which is somebody to help to get your quarterback right, because clearly John Mara, he said this publicly, believes that Daniel Jones can be saved. And who is the who represents the best chance to get Daniel Jones right? It's probably the guy with the offensive background. Well, I am guessing Bill Belichick probably said something like that because that's a very fair point. Here is my point, though, and I'm getting a little worked up about this because, again, you no one can convince me unless there was malicious intent by Belichick and him being untruthful. If I am hiring somebody, I will talk to a minimum of three people. And that uh, means let me that, finish, that means please. ideally that if there's one reference that's you know that's maybe a, an aberration from the other two, then I think you get, then you can kind of With that, Bill Belichick has the biggest name, so he's the easiest guy to point the finger at. I am guessing the new GM sh- shown did not just call Bill Belichick, and that's the only reference. When you are making a decision like this, you call a lot of people, right? You call a lot of people. Bill Belichick, it's easy to point the finger at him because he's probably the most recognizable. And he also had the text exchange. Fine. That's it, which end up in the lawsuit. Fine. And I think that's why, that's why his name probably came up in the that's interview. That's fine. At the end of the day, what Brian Flores is suggesting is... You can't call references on me. You have to take me for face value when I sit in front of you. Don't talk to anybody else because you're not giving me a fair chance. Because if you talk to somebody else about me and they don't like me, then you look at me in a negative light. No, Brian, maybe your problem is that you pissed off Greer, who, by the way, is black in Miami, and maybe you didn't have a good working relationship with Bill Belichick. Maybe you are the bigger problem. Maybe it's you. And oh, by the way, there isn't a better guy to talk to than Bill Belichick. Because when the two finalists worked with one guy, duh, you're going to talk to that person. 
So are, is, is Brian Flores honestly suggesting you should not call references? You, you got to take somebody at face value, because I can tell you right now, you know who got burned on that? Joe Ellis, when he hired Josh McDaniels. Because from what I understand, Mickey D shined in his interview. You don't think Joe Ellis talked to people? I, apparently, I'm sure he did. Apparently he did not talk to enough people. Or he, did, or he didn't talk to the right people. Maybe he didn't. And it may, but you think he probably called Bill Belichick about Josh McDaniels? I don't know if they have a relationship. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter if they have a relationship. If you know, you still call a reference. I understand that, and I'm pretty sure that the that the uh, I know. The, no, no, now the, we're getting. I'm, I'm pretty thing. sure that uh, that Joe Ellis in his role could have gotten Bill Belichick on the phone. To talk about Josh I don't McDaniels. know. Let's not play the what if game. What I do know is the Giants talked to the guy who worked with the two finalists on the job. Of course, you're going to call him. Flores is suggesting you shouldn't have called Belichick. Well, that no, no, that's what he is suggesting. Who was the Giants' last coach? Joe Judge. Where did he come from? New England. Yeah. Okay. Even so, I'm, my, if Bill Belichick gave a positive reference to Joe Judge and Joe Judge flamed out. If I'm the Giants, I might look at that reference a little bit askance. At the end of the day, when you put together a resume and you have your three references on the bottom, those are the three people you don't call because you know they're going to say glowing things. You think out of the box and say, who else did this person work with? Okay. I once had a friend of mine that I worked with who I was very, very good friends with, but I didn't think he was good at what he did. I just didn't. And he said to me, would you be a reference for me? And I said, I'd rather not. Because if somebody asked me honestly what I think of him as a worker, I, I wouldn't have great things to say. So I'd rather not be called because I don't want to lie because at the end of the day, that's my credibility too. But that's a whole nother story. Brian Flores has a problem with Bill Belichick having too much influence. Bill Belichick was called because he worked with Flores and Dayball. That's the most obvious call. That's the most. So he's upset that Bill Belichick is the one who cost him his job. For all I know, Belichick and Flores didn't have a good working relationship. Well, I can tell you right now. They were together for a long time. I'll tell you a guy who lied through his teeth was Andy Reid with the Kansas City Chiefs when he knew that Doug Peterson, who just, by the way, got hired by the Jaguars, had some serious off-the-field issues. They wanted to run him out of Kansas City as the offensive coordinator, and Reid, knowing he wanted to get rid of Doug Peterson, called Howie Roseman with the Eagles, the place where Reid used to work, and said, you gotta hire Doug Peterson. Some people lie. When it comes to references well, and, and things like that. I would say this, though, on uh, Doug Peterson. He'd actually been in the Eagles building as a player and as a coach. Right. So and Andy, why would you think they'd have to rely on Andy Reid? Why, I would think they would just go on their own what I'm, experience seeing him around the building what I'm, rather than what Andy Reid would say. What I'm saying is what I've been told, Andy Reid called Howie Roseman and said, you're going to really like this guy as a coach. And he was. I, my understanding is he was getting ready to fire Peterson. Couldn't get rid of him fast enough because of the scandal he caused at that organization off the field. My point is, I don't know if you can necessarily trust a reference. But, wow, talk about the chutzpah from Brian Flores saying you shouldn't call references, that you got to take me sitting here and don't talk to anybody else, and you just need to hire me based on my conversation with you. That is delusional. You think that's, you think that's what he's saying? He said Bill Belichick cost me the job. That's what he said. 
That's what he said. Bill Belichick influenced the decision. Cost me my job. So New York, doing their due diligence, calling a guy who worked with both floors and Dayball, they shouldn't have done that? They shouldn't have done that? Well, this also, but also, can we agree that there's clearly something wrong with the system if you're looking around and you're going to see no more than three minority coaches out of 32? That's fine. And I agree it's a major problem. But at the end of the day, Brian Flores is saying, don't call references, or at the very least... Unless maybe he didn't have Belichick as a reference. Maybe he had other references. No, I, 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 don't think, I don't think that when Brian Flores walked in the door, he handed him a piece of paper, and it had three references on the bottom. Generally speaking, people know people in the NFL who they They do call. know people, but I'm sure he probably had a CV ready to go. What he is suggesting is, don't call references. Just take me on my face. Because what he said was, huh. that's part of the problem. This needs to change. There needs to be a fair and equal opportunity to interview and showcase your abilities to lead and earn one of these positions. So what he's saying is, there needs to be an equal opportunity with no outside noise, with no references whatsoever. Listen to what I'm saying, and you should judge me on that. Judge on the sales pitch. Right. Like Josh McDaniels gave to Joe Ellis. I mean, that's dangerous. Like if you hire somebody but that's only on that, the interview. But that's what he's suggesting. Yeah. Right? That's why I'm saying he's but 100% he, but, wrong. But he's probably saying in his mind that, yes, we know about that there were issues in the organization, right, in Miami. There were, there he was had problems there too. Right. But his attitude is also, hey, we had, a couple, we had back-to-back winning seasons. The last time Ma- Miami fine. had back-to-back winning seasons was – Ricky Williams was their running back. I mean, you know, it's been a long time since they did that. You know that. what? Urban Meyer is one of the greatest college head coaches of all time. But because he's such a jerk, that's why he got fired. And nobody wanted to work with him. What does that have to do with Brian Flores? Because when you're difficult to work with, people don't want you around. I'll give you a perfect example. Well, Urban Meyer wasn't just difficult to work with, but he was incompetent in his job at the pro level. That's fine. Brian uh, Flores. Why do you give you is, guys? Why do you give you guys? Very, he, does he rub p- people the wrong way? Perhaps, yeah, perhaps. But he appears to be very competent in his job. He, he might be. You know who's more competent than Brian Flores? And is he probably even more difficult to work with than Brian Flores? Mike Keenan, the former head coach of just about every NHL team. Because nobody wanted to work with him. But man, he was a really good coach. Won Stanley Cups, but nobody wanted to work with him. His shelf life was about three years, and then he needed to go. Kind of like Jim Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah. The shelf life runs out, and Greer had enough of Flores. And I don't and I don't know if Ross was involved in this or not. And if he was, shame on him for the Dolphins not losing games. Because just because you're winning games. That could be window dressing for the garbage that's going on behind the scenes. And you know what? Winning isn't worth it working with you every day because you're nothing more than brain damage. Flores is wrong. You should be able to call references. Bill Belichick didn't cost him the job. Now, you want me to be cynical? You cynical? Never. I'll be cynical. Bill Belichick gave Brian Dayball a great recommendation. You want to know why? Because he wanted him out of the AFC East. You got it. That is a cynical way to look at it. Would that surprise you? No. Wouldn't. But then again, Ken Dorsey is going to be the OC. I got plenty of confidence in that guy with the way that he has coached Cam Newton and now Josh Allen. What do we have coming up on? The buzz? What's trending? What's trending? I, I just. I, I just, believe it's something about one of the uh, all time greatest quarterbacks, is it not? It is. And you know what? Thank you, Danny, for teaming me up on that. Because Tom Brady, he's retiring, but maybe we haven't gotten rid of him altogether. We might be getting even more of him. We'll explain next.
Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason watches MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. All right, Fox Sports, ESPN, and Amazon reportedly have interest in hiring Tom Brady to join its football coverage, either as a color guy or an in-studio analyst. As many of you know, and probably some of you don't know, Troy Aikman is leaving Fox to go to Amazon. So there's an opening to be the number one guy at Fox next to Joe Buck. Currently, Brady is planning on spending more time with his family as well as working on his fitness brand, production company, and clothing line. How good do you think he will be if he just uh, decides to go down this road? I mean, he's going to have to be candid. Um, I mean, certainly he's got the the polish, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a great broadcaster. I mean, I, put it this way: I think I don't think he'll be Joe Montana. Joe Montana was really bad. And same with, <clears throat> excuse me, same with Wayne Gretzky. Yes, but I also don't. It's hard to think that he may be, say, Tony Romo. Right. At this point, I would say that Brady has more personality, more fun in him than Joe Montana and Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Okay. He's more affable, for lack of a better phrase. It's not to say that Joe Montana and Wayne Gretzky aren't great guys. I'm not suggesting that at all. But it, but he can make that come across a bit better publicly, I think, than Montana and Gretzky did. Right. And we've already seen indications of that. I mean, he, he should be able to... Uh, he should be able to do it. Whether he really separates separates himself depends on how much that personality comes out. Because, like, I'll give you an example. Of the great quarterbacks turned broadcasters over time, Dan Fouts. Who would you say was the most has been the most successful? Um, was uh, what was well, Frank Gifford was a running back. Is that right? Yeah. To me, the answer is easy. Terry Bradshaw. Well, I'm I'm just going through my Rolodex. Yeah, because yeah. because Bra- he's a personality. Exactly. He let the per- he let his personality out, and he uh, right. he had that, and and probably some of it came from the fact that he would moonlight as an actor sometimes in the in a country singer in his off seasons. But he understood the most important aspect was finding that kind of persona. Right. You know, he's got kind of that the uh, you know that country boy dumb thing. As right. has been said to me, dumb like a fox. He knows exactly what he's doing. Right. He knows exactly how to play it up. And he's been in broadcasting now for 38 seasons. So obviously it Trekman does a good job. Yeah. But it's a different type of personality. What makes Tony Romo different is it's as if he is psychic and he knows exactly what's coming next. And he lets you know before it happens. He has taken it to a whole new level. But when you talk about the most memorable broadcaster of all time in football, it's John Madden. Mm-hmm. And he certainly knew the game, but talk about a guy who is incredibly entertaining, incredibly likable. And it came across in everything. It my, came my, across when he was doing commercials. 
my came across on Saturday Night Live when he hosted that. My agent said this to me. My first agent said this to me many, many years ago. If you want to be successful in television, I'm talking about at a high level, you need to have three qualities. Okay. Men love you. I'm sorry. Women love you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, John Madden, I, I actually, I'm probably referring more to like a Regis Philbin type yeah. or a Matt Lauer type. Okay. John Madden succeed because he was authentic. Right. But in terms of just television, I'm, I'm kind of going off the rails on this, but think about this for a second. When, when it comes to news sports who are, or even people that do talk shows, they all have one thing in common. These three qualities. Women love them. Mothers want their daughters to marry you, and guys want to have a drink with you. <laughs> if you can check all of those boxes, you're going to have a long television career. You just are. I'll, I'll, I'll use a, a guy locally who's like that. And I said this to him many, many years ago because I work nationally, and I know what a national talent looks like. Kyle Clark at Nine News. Mm -hmm. He has all three of those qualities. You want to have a beer with him. Mothers would want their daughters to marry him, and women would want to go out with him. He has that. Matt Lauer had that quality. Regis Philbin had that quality. Mm -hmm. The greats of the greats have that quality. Now you could have a little more edge to you too. A David Letterman. I don't know if mothers would necessarily want <laughs> their daughters to marry David. But it's a and that's like a Tony Romo. He's not entertaining, but he does bring something else. Right. Where do you think Peyton Manning kind of falls in that? Guys want to definitely have a drink with him. Mm -hmm. Um I think he probably checks all three boxes. Yeah. I mean, he's got a little bit of an edge to him at times. He does. I mean, but but he's but he's affable, right? And he and he portrays himself. He's like a, he's kind of like a more affable Letterman, if that makes any sense. Because well, they've they've got a lot in common, and you can see. Well, they're very they, good friends. Yes, they're very 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 can, good friends. You can see the influence, I think, of Dave on Peyton. There's no question about it. Uh, they they did a skit on uh, Peyton's places. Yes, on ESPN, whereas Letterman and Manning, it was absolutely a scream. It was like they've been doing comic comic work together for decades. Right, the way they played. Off each other, and they kind of have. I mean, they've been doing stuff on air for a right. long time. I mean, look, look, look at a guy like Troy Aikman. Yeah. He checks all those boxes, doesn't he? Yeah, for sure. Guys would want to have a beer with him, right? Yeah, women want to date him, and mothers <laughs> want their daughters to marry him. Although I did kind of like the edge that he showed during that uh, Tampa Bay Philadelphia broadcast. Yeah, last month. Yeah, when he kind of dropped the shot about doing that game instead right. of doing Forty ers Cowboys. Right. <laughs> Right, but that's a, that's a shot by a guy who I think it is he has an official nothing official has been announced for Amazon just right. yet, but every indication that he's is is that he's going to go to Amazon and will probably get paid a huge amount. And Amazon will is probably you know they're looking at Al Michaels as play by play. Right, yeah, they're going to spare no expense. And what I read the the starting price for Tom Brady would be twenty to twenty five million a year. Amazon be happy to pay that for something for someone. So Tom like his days in. In uh, in New England, would be paid like a mid tier quarterback. Oh, but the thing. I well, think, he was. Yeah, he was. He, he was a mid tier but quarterback here, in terms of salary. But here's the thing, and you brought this up in the in the rundown. You know, you think he has higher aspirations like ownership or executive position. I think he's got. I don't know if he's thinking, he's thinking ownership. I think he's got high aspirations for Tom Brady Inc. Yes, and. That is one thing. Like Peyton Manning is bigger now than he ever was as a player. Right. 
Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, you can say, is bigger now than he ever was as a player. No question. That's what Tom Brady wants to be. Right. He wants to be Jordan or Peyton. But, but, he, but he doesn't have the personality of Peyton. You can make the case that outside of like Muhammad Ali in terms of popularity, but I'm talking about as we've gotten into the commercial age, yeah. there is Michael Jordan, although Michael Jordan really doesn't do much now. But the, but, Jordan, but the Jordan brand is one of, is literally one of the most recognizable brands on the planet. Every planet, everybody in the world, every corner of the world knows that silhouette, knows Peyton, that logo. Peyton Manning has replaced Michael Jordan in terms of popularity. Yes, no question, and especially when he goes on Saturday Night Live and you know talks about you know TV shows For, as a cameo. That's the thing, right? Peyton Inc. is a, is big business. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? The Nuggets are uh, back home after a little bit of a road trip. They've got the Pelicans tonight and then the Nets on Sunday. And we'll get into uh, some of those coaching moves that you guys talked about a little bit in last segment as well. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. We don't stop. You can't stop. We're going to celebrate. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine. Well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Well, the Denver Nuggets had a tough last couple of games. They uh, lost two in a row, one to the Timberwolves, and then a a role-player game, as it were, against the Utah Jazz, in which Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson were all out for Utah, and the Nuggets were without Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon. So... Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic, back tonight as oh. the Pelicans come to town, 7 o'clock Goodness. p.m. Mountain Time at yep. Ball Arena. Uh, Denver has won six of their last nine with those two losses recently. Do you think they put the hurt on uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, or is this one going to be a little bit more of a battle? They ought to be able to put the hurt on them, and I think uh, get, getting getting their A lineup back I think will, will help provide that. I mean, Wednesday night's game, it was basically like watching an exhibition in October, for the most part. And yet it was it was interesting because for both both sides, that, that it was a key game. The Jazz were trying to stop a losing streak. The Nuggets could have gotten within a half game of the Jazz if they'd won. So it was a you, you, you know, you get kind of why it is and you focus on the long term, but it was a curious game to effectively punt. I'm going to speak from the perspective of a fan. Uh, I can't remember the last time I went to any sporting event as a fan. Mandy, who is from Scotland, has never been to a basketball game. And she's going tonight. 
She's going tonight. How about that? My daughter, who doesn't follow the NBA at all, is going. And Mandy's daughter, Madison, is going to be going. I don't think she's gone to a lot of sporting events. And none of them are sports fans. Mm -hmm. What I can say from the perspective of a fan is, I'm thrilled Jokic is playing tonight. Because I want them to see what a great basketball player looks like. I like how you said basketball. Basketball. Because he passes it well. I did. That was nice. Did you you do that intentionally? No. I just stumbled over my words because marbles in my mouth. You know what? It was unintentionally brilliant. He does play great basketball, doesn't he? He does. You know what? We should make a t-shirt. Because it seems like everybody's making t-shirts these days. Take a Nathaniel Hackett quote. Let's make it into a t-shirt. Right? There's money to be had. Right. Off Off of other people. Big money in merchandising. Just in case you missed it, Jim Harbaugh has reportedly made his commitment to Michigan and college football for the long term. He uh, he was in an interview with Detroit Free Press's Mitt Albom. Mitch Albom. Mitt, Mitch, yeah, I guess I didn't write the rest of that name. Sorry, right, Mitch cool. Albom. Uh, and he has reported that Harbaugh said it was a one-time thing with the Vikings interview. It's the last time he'll try to get back to the NFL. Uh, are you buying what Harbaugh is selling here? That's kind of like a married guy saying, I won't cheat on you again, honey. I just won't. And that's the funny thing about this. Harbaugh was looking to date somebody else. He wanted the Vikings. The Vikings didn't want him. And now he went back to Michigan and said, I don't want to date anybody else but you. Please. 58 years old, though. Yeah. I think he probably, like, I think they're... It's not that old. It's not that, it? it's not that old, but uh, the NFL want, NFL teams kind of want to get young, right? Jim Harbaugh is not the hot young guy anymore. He's got one hell of a resume. Yeah, he does. He does. But, uh... I mean, give me... give me. I think there might be something to this here because he sort of knows what the, the score is. Give me three guys in the history of football that have done better Combined as a head coach, NFL, and college football. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I said three. Yes. Pete Carroll. Okay. You're you're struggling, though. Yeah. And that's my point. What do we have next, Danny? I'm sure he does have a great resume, Mace. I wonder how his references are, though. That's a good Uh, question. Oh, oh. Just in case you missed. Did Paul Brown do, do something in college, too? Sorry, sorry, Danny. No, you're good. I, 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 he didn't really give you a chance to finish answering. The yeah, question. I think uh, I want to say Paul. Yep, Paul Brown coached uh, Ohio State, coached Great Lakes Navy, uh, won a national championship as a head coach at Ohio State. So there you go, Paul Brown. But again, the list isn't isn't long. Okay, let's tell me about Ty Cobb's staff. <laughs> anyway. You mentioned it in the segment where we were discussing uh, Brian Flores that the Jacksonville Jaguars have hired Doug Peterson as the head coach. And that was the first job to become available as Urban Meyer was hired during the season back in December. Uh, Did Jacksonville kind of make themselves look bad a little bit here waiting so long to nail down their guy? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) look. Joke. They could have had Doug Peterson literally before the season ended. Because they were interviewing people and they'd already and they'd satisfied the Rooney Room requirements even before the season ended. You know what? I think that Shad Khan should have put a sign in the front window that said, "Who wants to work with Trent Balky?" And Peterson picked up that sign, walked in the door, and said, "I will." 
and he got the job. By the way, uh, like if you look at Trent Baalke's seasons, like you're talking about like a lot of a lot of coaches getting fired, moving on from them. Jim Tom Sula was a one year guy. Chip Kelly was a one year guy. Urban Meyer was a one year guy. Mm-hmm. There's a trend there. Yeah. Maybe that's the common denominator and why he shouldn't be a GM. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us and do it for the week. Nolan, great job. I know that you are still burning over Albert Pujols being 30th on the all-time baseball list, according to ESPN, that Derek Jeter's ahead of him. Uh, Are you going to be all right this weekend? You going to be okay? I think he's going to be okay because Jordan Cairo just won fastest skater. Ooh. Oh, chalk one up for the Blues. Make it the best possible weekend you can. I'm not too hard to do I got the superstar glow so Ooh.